This month, we are in a series that's called Positive Influence. And uh, the reason the series is called Positive Influence is because um, our heart is, and I speak about this a lot, is we have to have, you have to have influence in your life who are going to add value to you, and there are going to be positive influences in your life. And so as a church, we don't just speak things. We try to model things that we believe in, and we try to, we try to live it out. And so this whole month, we have a guest speaker. So I love it. Month of July, I don't speak at all. I just get to come and enjoy. And what I'm doing is I'm preparing for the next series, and I'm looking for the fall, preparing the, the, what's coming up next. So it's a season for me just to be able to, to, um, to rest, but also to be in to, to, to study and prepare for the next series that we'll be doing, uh, which is going to be good in August. You, want, you don't want to miss it because uh, after I don't speak for five weeks, um, I really want to speak. And so uh, you, you'll, you'll enjoy August. It'll be good. But so this month, we have a guest speaker every single, every single week, and uh, we bring in what we bring in. As our three overseers as a church the way we're structured is we want accountability and we want people in our lives to help us to to um just be healthy and to be a, the strongest church we could possibly be the healthiest church we can be and so our overseers um pastor kelly who's here with us today i'll introduce in a second he's from portellus i've been passionate a church down there for 13 14 years that was close 14 years uh, I knew it was somewhere in the teens, but um, he's been down there for a long time and did just an incredible job. God has really helped them to, to reach uh, into the, the campus there of Eastern uh, New Mexico and reach a lot of college students and just their community also. And, and just been doing an incredible job there. And so he's one of our overseers. Before, since we started the church three and a half years ago, he's been on board. Uh, he was in our first meeting um, when, when we you know created the, 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 the church and the, essentially our board of directors is kind of how they function. And they help us to make really uh, wise decisions as we move forward. And so Kelly... And then uh, next week, we're on Pastor uh, uh, Mike Dickinson, who is our network pastor for our, our whole network, over 100 churches he oversees. And we always bring him in because I want you to know who we're a part of a network of a lot of churches in our state and throughout our world. And I uh, just want to know there's a connection there. And so the whole point of the series is this, is that you need positive influence in your life, but so do I. And so um, we model it. And, and these are the guys that I call when, when, when I have questions about, man, this is what we're, what we're facing. Here's challenges I'm going through. Or those days that I'm just like, okay, this is really hard, and I don't know if I want to keep doing it. Callie would be one of the guys I would call, and I'm so grateful because when you have somebody in your life who's also experiencing what you're experiencing, they can talk you off the ledge, right? For, you know, what am I saying? Like when you want to give up on things, just, they're like, hey, it's going to be okay. Life will be all right. Um, just, just keep at it and, and keep moving forward. And he, so he's one of those guys that's in my life that, that speaks, uh, just adds value to me. And so I'm so uh, honored to have Kelly here today. He, he'd come the last, this is the third summer he's been here, and he always does an incredible job. So I know you're going to join him. So Kelly, would you come on up? And um, would you give him a hand today as he comes up? And then you always have to make the wife stand up, right? Where's the wife? Uh, Liz right here in the center uh, section. If you want to raise your hand or stand, you don't have to, if you don't want to stand, you want. All right, there's Liz. And then these guys, they have us beat by one kid, so they have five kids. Um, and they, want, they keep trying to tell us, like, join the five club. And we're like, I think we're good with the four club. Uh, four, four is a lot. And so, uh, but anyways, I love Kelly. I love Liz. And I love their, their family and uh, their church. And I'm just grateful. If it wasn't for Portalis Trinity is the name of their church, um, we wouldn't be here because they're one of those people that uh, leveraged what they had to be able to help us. And a big chunk of us starting the church was because of, of their generosity and because of their help and their influence. And so thank you, Kelly, for being an overseer. And thank you for being a part of the Grove. And appreciate you, I appreciate you, you man. Eric. How about a hand for your pastors? What Eric says there is true. And talking about uh, being talked off the ledge, I can tell you, Eric, has it's not a, it's not a one-way street. It's going this way. I mean, it's, it's give and take. And and uh, your pastor has been a blessing in my life. And talking about uh, keeping us from going over the edge, yeah, he is a stabilizing force that God has used in my life. So, so I'm going to tell you, church, you guys minister to us as well. The Grove is a huge blessing, more than some of you can imagine. 
because you're here, because of what God is doing, because of what's being established, um, you are blessing more than you think. And we at Trinity and Portales, we are one of those places that benefit from the ministry that takes place here. And you do have wonderful pastors. Eric and Sincerity, we've known them for a long, long time. And they've been dear friends of ours. Uh, for many, many years, and it's sad to say because, man, we're getting old. Good night. The years go by fast. But, uh, but uh, we have enjoyed the journey, and we thank God for having them in our lives and for you being a part of what God is doing for the kingdom. And so this morning, it's an honor to be here to share. And, and uh, yeah, you just you got to see Liz there. Last year, we didn't bring the kids, but we have five kids. And uh, my son is now taller than me, and I now look up to him. And uh, he's 17 years old, and he is single, ladies. And so, I don't know where Caleb is because I can't see in the lights, but um, I hope I was able to embarrass him there. (laughs) But anyway, uh, we're having a good summer, and I'm glad to be here not on crutches. You remember last year I showed up here, and I had crutches and stuff, and I twisted my ankle the day before. Went to a trampoline park, and as usual, the way I do things, it's like all in. And so I went all in, and, and I injured myself really bad. And uh, so I'm here healthy for the most part. You know, the only thing I carry up on the platform now is a big old fever blister under my nose. So that's it. I'll take that any day, right? Got that at camp. And uh, one of the ways y'all ministered to me was uh, I was a counselor at camp, and, and the guys from Santa Fe were in the room with us. So Lucas and I were the, the men in charge. And uh, is Isaac here? Little Isaac? He showed up first night. He puked all over everything. Poor little guy was sick as a dog. And, uh, and uh, he shared that with me. <laughs> Last night at camp, I am fevered. I am throwing up all over the place. Had a rough ride home the next day. And I tell you what, it was worth every bit of it. I'm telling you, God moves so powerfully in that, and he, he really, really impacted my life. And I once again saw how valuable it was for us to minister to our children and our youth. And your students that went were a part of God reshaping and calling me back into that very important area of ministry, of bringing the gospel and announcing the kingdom to our children and our, our students, our youth. And so... So, uh, yeah, glad to be here this morning. This morning, I'm going to share with you. Uh, it, it's very personal to me, this message, the, the, the storm, right, in the midst of a storm. And, and, and so I, I'm going I'm to share with you some of what has gone on in my life and what has led me to, uh, to preaching this message. This, I, was, I brought this message to our church at home, and, and now I'm sharing with you. And I think it's, it's going to be very encouraging for some of you because life is full of storms. And uh, in my life in particular, for the last three years, I have really faced a storm. And so sometimes as a pastor, it's hard to be transparent. Um, and in dealing with this, I am choosing a path of openness because too often pastors uh, pretend and you're under a lot of pressure to perform. And so you don't want to expose weakness because when you do, you feel like people are going to cast you out or push you aside or not follow you or respect you. And, and there really is risk to that. I mean, it's, it's not for nothing that pastors find themselves having to be in this position. You're, you're very nervous and sometimes afraid to show weakness because it comes with, at a cost. But, you know, um, I, I'm willing to pay a price in this because I think that I'm not alone. But for the last three years, uh, I have really struggled with and fought 
uh, depression. And, and there's more to it than that, but that is the gist of it and one of the biggest obstacles. And if you're talking about a storm cloud rolling in, that storm cloud rolled in, and man, it just didn't let up. And so depression has been, has been huge, and it's been a real battle. And so, uh, so in that, a lot of times when we're in those positions, we look for a way out, right? If, if something hurts, you want to escape the pain. And so we begin to move away from it. We say, well, there's something wrong here, so I've got to get out. And I finally went, got to a point where, where I was saying, you know what, God, it's better for me to not be in ministry because I'm not doing anything good for the church. Um, I had retreated, and I, and I found myself just blocking everybody out. And I pulled back. And, and as, as a pastor, you know, you're out there leading, and you've got to be out front. And, and instead of that, I'm withdrawn. And I would, I would be up front when I had to be, but then when I didn't, you couldn't find me. And, and so, so it, was, it was very unhealthy, some of the things that I was doing. So this message this morning... Um, it means a lot to me, and it's ministered to me, and I have a feeling there's going to be some people here that this is going to speak to. And so I encourage you, open up your hearts and hear what the Lord has to say to you this morning, because um, life is full of storms, and you're going to face them, whether you like it or not, whether you're aware of it or not, storms are going to happen, and you're going to face some tough times. And so uh, I want to encourage you this morning, and this message is designed, I hope, to encourage and also to challenge because sometimes if you're in a storm and you're doing what I was doing, withdrawing and, and hiding, um, that's not the healthiest thing to do. It's not the best. And so I hope that there's a challenge in this for you to step out and, uh, and I'm not going to say enjoy the storm, but weather the storm. Weather the storm. So let me pray this morning. Father, I pray you'd open our eyes and our hearts to see what you have to say to us today. Our spiritual eyes the spiritual ears, that we would hear and be able to comprehend and take this truth into our hearts, the principles we hear. And Lord, I pray for every person here that, Lord, you would help them to understand that you're with them in the storm. And Lord, that throughout this text and throughout this message, that they would see that you love them, that you care about them, and that you have a good plan for them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we're going to take up in Acts chapter 27. Acts 27, we find Paul on a ship headed to Rome. He's going to be going before Caesar to be tried. And so he's on this ship with a whole bunch of other prisoners. And, and it's a cargo ship. And I guess back then it wasn't just a prisoner ship. It was a multitasking ship. They have a lot going on in this thing. So it's a big ship. And they're on their way. Uh, sailing to Rome, and they're at a time where it's late in the season, and so it's a little bit dangerous for these guys to be out on a ship. And, uh, and so Paul, he warns them. He says, hey, you know, this is not the best thing to do. Uh, God has showed me that we're going to have a shipwreck if you continue. But these, these people didn't listen. The captain of the ship didn't listen. They said, no, we're going to press on. We're going we're gonna to hopefully make it to a more comfortable place for us to weather this storm. And they find themselves here. And let's take up in verse 13. It says, When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity, so they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm, 
and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. These guys were caught in a real storm. This is not a joke. This is dangerous. This is scary. And they were, they were facing a trial. And I just want to make a real quick point to this. You know, a lot of times you feel like you're all alone whenever you're going through a storm. But don't ever forget that there's other people who are going through it with you. And when you're a part of a church, when you're a part of the local body of Christ, you're never alone. And when you're going through stuff in life, um, don't think that it's just you. In this, we find a whole group of them going into this storm together. And so when you think about life and you think about the journey of life, um, it's a guarantee you're going to be in a storm sooner or later, one time or another. And sometimes we find ourselves in the marriage storm. Man, it got rough. We liked each other. We thought we loved each other. But now I'm not sure about any of it. It seems like it's just going to pieces. And the storm, the marriage storm hits like a typhoon comes out of nowhere, right? That northeaster blows in. And, and man, it's rough. The parenting storm. Man, my kids, they, they seem so normal. And then they hit puberty. And the 600% increase of hormones has made them into lunatics. And now they're crazy. They're everywhere. And, and, and we get into this storm, and, and you're asking, why did you do that? And they're like, I don't know. And they really don't know why. And you're saying, well, that's the craziest thing. And, and it's just, do you even love Jesus, right? Have you ever done that as a parent? You're like, are you really a Christian? <laughs> do you know who Jesus is? <laughs> you know, you start, you start wondering, what in the world are they doing? Where are they going? What about your, your business? Maybe with, with the financial situation, and it just seems like, man, this storm blew in from nowhere, and we were rocking and rolling, and now all of a sudden there's this huge struggle. My job, maybe it's the job storm. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can find yourself in that will really be a challenge. But So this morning, I want to share with you four storm survival strategies. Four storm survival strategies. If you're taking notes, you can write these down. And so the first strategy to surviving a storm when they blow into your life is stay on the ship. Stay on the ship. Most of the time, we want to dodge pain. We want to dodge trouble. As soon as it gets intense, we say, well, this is not for me. i got to get out of this. And I'm going to tell you, more times than not, God is going to call you and challenge you to stay on the ship. In Acts 27, 29, we're going to take up there. It says, fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. Well, they prayed for daylight. They got the first part there, praying, right? But, but then... It says, in an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. These guys are like, we're out of here. But we got to do it sneaky-like. We've got we to act like everything's okay, right? The ship is tossing and it's bouncing around. And they're like, let's go this way to the end. They get to the lifeboats. And everybody's like, what are you guys doing over there? What are you doing? It's okay. It's okay. It's going to be okay, guys. And they're planning getting this lifeboat out, and they're going to make a run for it. They're going to bail. And you know what God is saying the whole time is stay on the ship. But these guys are like, we're out. And sometimes when we get into a storm in life, the first instinct is we got to get out. As soon as the marriage it gets in a position where it seems hopeless, it's like, oh, it's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to give up on this, and I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to go find somebody else. 
As soon as church, as soon as it gets kind of rocky and bumpy, and I'm going to tell you, if you're serving in the church here, or if you're stepping up to be a part of making the ministry happen here on a Sunday morning, if, that, if that's something you put your hands to, you're going to find that there are bumps and bruises. There are little storms that happen along the way, and that is perfectly normal. Sometimes in a church, we just want to jump ship. That's the person who, right, they start, they start stepping away, and then, is everything okay with you? Oh, it's all fine. Everything's fine. It's good. I'll see you next Sunday. And then they just disappear. Right? They're in a storm. And they act like everything's okay. And then they just up and disappear. And let me tell you something. Um, When you're in the middle of a storm, don't pretend everything's okay. Because pretending doesn't help you. Being fake doesn't help you. In the church, if there's ever a place that we should be able to be real... And who we are, it should be with the body of Christ. But so often we hide it. We cover it over. We don't want anybody to know. And it's, it's, better, it's better just to like just to jump in the lifeboat and disappear than to actually stay on the ship. And I'm telling you, God is saying stay on the ship. Stay on the ship. It doesn't make the storm go away, but it's where you need to be. In your marriage, stay on the ship. Let's take a look at this next verse. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 to 5, the Bible tells us as believers that we're not to just be interested in our own selves. Don't be so into yourself that you're all you think about. You see, and I'm going to tell you, one of the problems that we face or one of the challenges we face is, well, I just don't want to be that whiner, right? I don't want to be that guy that's always like, I got problems. Is, am I doing something causing that sound? Is it, is it me or no? It's Eric? It was your pastor. <laughs> what is he saying? Amen. And he keeps bumping that thing. That's a. But uh, but anyway, um, the Bible says, don't be just into your own to what you're doing. Be into what others are doing too. Think of others. Be into their business. Be concerned about them. And I use this verse to illustrate: if you are not open and transparent, how can somebody? How can somebody be what the Bible says to be there? How can they minister to you? How can they encourage you? How can they walk with you through the storm if you don't even let them in on the fact that there is one? And then we're challenged, like I say, well, I don't want to be the whiner. I don't want to be, but you know what? Trust your friends enough to tell you, man, you're just whining. Like you need to grow up a little bit. Give people a chance. But don't fake it. Don't fake it. We don't need more fake people in the church, right? The Bible would call you a hypocrite. A hypocrite during those days translated, that literally meant an actor. That may, if you're a good hypocrite, that means you could go to Hollywood and be successful. You're a good actor. And we don't need hypocrites. We don't need good actors in the church. We need real people in the church. So be real with where you're at. Don't be fake. So Acts 27, 31 says, Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So they were ready to get out of there. They were ready to bail. And the whole time, God is saying, stay on the ship. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Right on the edge of a wind, so many people give up. Right on the edge of seeing success in a venture, people give up. Don't be that person. Stay on the ship. So if you go to Acts 27, 32, the soldiers listen to Paul, and they cut the ropes. The lifeboats fell away. 
They got rid of the lifeline. Some people would say, well, that's crazy. You should have kept that on the hook because and then at least you had options. But, but Paul is saying it will not work. It's not safe. And they cut them away and they let those lifeboats go away because you know what? Those weren't lifeboats in this situation. They were death boats. And in your life, in my life, in the storms, maybe some of you right now will get what I'm saying. You need to cut the lifeboats out of your life. If you're flirting around on Facebook, right, the worst thing in the world you can do for a marriage that's in trouble is start flirting around with some old flames. And Facebook has become a major vehicle for that. That might be a lifeboat you need to cut off and get rid of. Who cares about getting rid of all those friends that you've created? Most of them are fake anyway. It's not real. Some of those old habits that you used to run to, those old hang-ups that you used to allow, some of those old things, man, they're just dragging along, and they're not a lifeboat, and you think they might be, but it's not, and you need to cut those things away. Get rid of them. Don't let them be an option. Hanging out with those old friends. Man, I just want to go back to him. My old friends where, where life was fun. Listen, the Bible specifically says bad company corrupts a good character. Don't think that that's a lifeboat. It's not. In the storm, the Lord is saying, stay on the ship. Stay on the ship. Be faithful to God in the middle of the storm and stay on the ship. Next point is be still and chill. If you're taking notes, this is the next part you write down. Be still and chill. This is hard to do. Sounds good. Not easy. Be still and chill. Acts 27:33. just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. Guys, let's sit down and eat. The boat's tossing. Man, the storm's never stopped. You have to understand. The storm is raging, but he's saying, let's eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. So then he tells them, I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. Now, listen, man, I, oh, that is awesome. Paul is saying, just sit down, relax, and let's eat. You can do that in the middle of a storm. What storm are you in right now? You can stop and you can wait on the Lord. Man, he is, I'm telling you, he's taking care of you. And you say, well, but I'm the one who made the mess. I kind of deserve this storm, right? I'm the one who kind of stirred it up. So here it is. You know what? God knew that you weren't perfect. That's why he sent his son as a perfect savior, a perfect substitute. If God thought we were perfect, if he, if he wanted us to be perfect, then he would have never had to send his son, Jesus. He would have never had to pour out his mercy and his grace. God knows exactly where you are. He knows what's going on. He knows that you're not going to do everything the way you ought all the time. He knows that some of your decisions will get you into a storm. But listen, he's the master of the storm, and he's with you, and he loves you, and he cares about you, and he's not going to toss you aside. So sit down. It takes faith. It takes real faith for this because now it's like, okay, Jesus, I promise I'll be good and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And, and that's not resting in him. That's you trying to prove how good you are so that he might accept you. Just relax. You are who you are. You are where you're at. Just let him love you. Just let him take care of you in this time. He says not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. Man, I wish you'd say that to me right now because they sure seem to be falling out. If you're selling Monet here, nobody was interested in buying Monet at that time. Huh? Don't need it because I'm not going to lose on one hair because Paul said. 
God's going to take care of you. He's going to see you through the storm. I'm telling you, friend, he's going to see you through the storm. He's going to take care of you. He's going to see you through this storm. So take a break. Get some rest. Get some food. Kick up your feet and just rest. Luke 12.25 says, Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Your worrying doesn't matter. Your stress doesn't matter. It's not doing you any good. Since you can't do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Worrying, stressing out, only produces bad things in our life. And I wish I were speaking from a position of supremacy where I was like, yes, let me tell you how it is. But you know what? This is good medicine for me to hear. I was told by the doctor, you're going to have to take blood pressure medicine. It's been a few years back. It was high, and they want to put me on this medication. And so talking, they're like, well, what do you do? I'm a pastor. Well, you're going to have to figure out how to get rid of some of the stress of your life. I'm like, well, that's not possible. I'm a pastor. That's what it is. Pastoring is stress. It's part of the job. No, that's not right. That's not right. Part of why we get into these stressful positions is because we start taking God's position of authority. We start managing things ourselves, and the Lord is saying, okay, you want to do it? Do it. But my advice to you is rest. Let me prove myself. Let me do it, right? So I'm working. I'm working at resting. Got to be intentional, friend. You have to lay yourself in the Lord's hands and say, Lord, I'm going to wait on you. In Psalm 46.10, this is God talking, man. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. So in Acts 27, these guys listened to what Paul said. They were encouraged. They ate some food themselves. They, They sat down and they ate. Sometimes the best thing that you can do in the middle of a storm is be still and chill. Be still and chill while in the midst of the storm. The next point is we've got to praise God in the storm. Right? So stay on the ship. Don't bail. Be still and chill. Let God show off in the middle of the storm. And then praise God in the storm. Acts twenty-seven thirty-five. after he said this, he took some bread, gave thanks to God in front of them all, and he broke it and began to eat. So you've got to remember, the storm is raging outside, and this boat is being tossed around. I mean, this ship, it's a big ship, but it's being tossed back and forth. And in the middle of that, I can just see the Apostle Paul standing up, and it's rocking, and he gets that bread, and all these guys are looking at him. And there he is, and he gives thanks to God. It's easy to praise the Lord when everything's going right, but sometimes in the storm, you find out what you really like when you try to praise him. When it's dark and wavy and windy and things are rocking. Right, the, mu- the, the, the music star who gets up to get the award, and I like to thank all my fans, and I like to thank my family, and I like to thank the Lord Jesus Christ. Right, they do that. It's like you just sang the most awful lyrics in the whole wide world, and you're asking Jesus to bless you. But anyway, that's just me and some of the music lyrics that are out there. The movie actor does the same thing, right? Oh man, it's like thank God for this award. I'm number one. It's easy to praise Jesus when everything's right. But we do the same thing in the church. We're on top of the world. We come in, we're happy, we're clapping, we're singing, praise Jesus, raise our hands. And then all of a sudden you're in a storm. And the world's world's falling apart around you. And now you're not so excited about praising Jesus. And it gets tough. That's where you find out who you really are. And God's looking for men and women who will praise him in the storm. It's okay. You can do that. 
You can praise him in the storm. Go for it. These guys did. Paul, he gets up and he's praising the Lord. Thank you for this wonderful meal that we're about to eat. It's going to give us energy because we're going to survive. And the other guys, we're going to die. We're not going to survive. So eat your food. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Had a family who tragically lost two of their loved ones pretty close together. You know, and it wasn't, it wasn't like it was expected. It was just, man, just suddenly gone. And then just as they're starting to kind of get their life together again, it seems like they're coming out of the storm. Another family member just like that. This poor little bunch were so crushed. They, they came to church for the first time. We haven't seen them in a long time. But just last Sunday they showed up again, and I'm praising the Lord for it. But what broke my heart was after the funeral after everything was done, uh, talked to him. They said, you know, we're just going to have to step away from church for a while. We're just so hurt, and we're just, we're just, it's a hard time for our family. And we need to step away from the church because we need to heal a little bit. And I'm like, man, I need to be a better pastor. Because instead of stepping away from the church in a storm, they should be stepping toward it. What can we do to better create an environment where people can can be helped in the storm and they can see the body of Christ as man I need them I need them I don't need to jump ship and get away from them I need to be with them I need help and praise the Lord they're back they're back but it was hard for them to say Lord I praise you in the middle of the storm but it's where you find out who you are Psalm 42, 11, the psalmist, he's so honest, so brutally honest. Why, my soul, are you downcast? In other words, why the clouds of depression? Why so down? So, so this is a comfort for me because that's some of what I've been struggling with, right? And, and sometimes, sometimes people will say, well, that's because you're not spiritual enough. You just got to be happy, man. Just come on, be happy. And I'm like, well, David got away with it. He's honest. Why can't I be? The psalmist can be honest, but you want me to act like, oh, it's all fine, roses and peaches all day long, right? But this is, I mean, apparently he's just being real. My soul, why are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Even in his darkest, he's saying, oh, but God, I praise you. Man, you can do it. You can do it. He did it. I'm trying to. And you can too. What happened my marriage? You don't understand. It's going to pieces, man. It's hard for me to praise Jesus in the middle of this. Well, you need to say, yet I'll praise the Lord. My kids are just off the chain, and my family feels like it's all just drifting and going to pieces. You know what? Yet I will praise the Lord. My business is failing, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm trying to figure out how to chart a course for the future. How are we going to make it? But, you know, but yet I will praise the Lord. You can do it, my friends. Stay on the ship, be still and chill, and praise the Lord in the middle of the storm. And then the final point is God can take you to your destination on broken pieces. God can take you to your destination on broken pieces. The ship, it says, struck a sandbar. The bow stuck fast and would not move, and the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. But the centurion, he wanted to save, or spare Paul or save Paul, so uh, he kept him. These guys were going to kill all, kill all the, the, the prisoners. And he didn't want Paul to get killed, so he changed their plan. He, he kept them from killing all the prisoners. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. 
The rest were to get there on planks and other pieces of the ship. And this way, everyone reached land safety, uh, safely. So the boat hits the sandbar. They're close to shore. I don't know how close, but they obviously know there's an island right there. And, and the waves are just slamming the back end of this ship. It's a big ship. And it's just slamming this thing. Can you imagine being on it? If you're down below as a prisoner and you feel this thing and it's taking all these shots and, and you know this thing's going to break apart. This is scary. Now, it's a bad thing to be in a storm in a ship where you think it's going to sink because of the waves and the storm. But it's even a worse thing to be on a ship in a storm stuck on a sandbar with the waves crushing it to pieces. And then to compound things, can you imagine being on the ship stuck on a sandbar in the middle of a horrible storm with waves crashing, breaking it to pieces, and you don't know how to swim? That's a bad day. I'm one of those people. I don't swim. I sink. I'm not a swimmer. And so when I read this story and I think about it, I mean, that would be scary. But you know what? God promised that not one hair of their head would be harmed or lost. They're all going to make it. In your storm, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. I'm going to tell you, God can get you through even on those broken pieces. In your marriage, and we're hanging on by a thread. You know what? It's enough. God can get you through to your destination. My business, God can get you through on broken pieces. My faith, my faith. I'm wavering in my faith and I'm just hanging on by a thread to trust and believe in God. It's enough. God can get you through. You hang on to that. Sometimes instead of looking out for different things and, 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 and looking at what you think you need, sometimes you need to look right around you because it's enough. God can get you to your destination on those broken pieces. You hang on and don't you give up. You're part of a church. You're part of a community here. You're part of a family. And you might be tempted, man, this isn't it. If I just had something else or if I had someone, God put you here for a reason. God has you a part of this, this ministry. He has you under pastors who, who love you and are being used by God to tend to you. And listen, you need to stick with it. God put you here for a reason, and you can get to your destination. He's going to get you through, even if on broken pieces. You have that promise from the Savior. He's got you. He's going to take care of you. I want to end this with a verse from Isaiah 30, 15. This, this is a recent find for me. I'm going to tell you, this is how serious you need to take this message. Don't... Don't stay a victim. And sometimes we tend to do that. Yeah, you're right. That's me. I'm in the middle of it. But listen, don't stay a victim. You have no excuse. If you're going to trust in God, he is, he is infinitely more powerful than anything you can imagine to get you through to where he's designed you to go. And he wants you to trust him radically and completely. And you can. And not to. There's no excuse. Not to. This verse is huge because the Israelites, they were facing a severe enemy. The Assyrians were known for their crazy cruelness. I mean, they would, they would torture and destroy people. They created all kinds of interesting ways to kill and maim and injure people. And they were threatening to come and kill the Jewish people. So 
So the Jews were thinking, we've got to come up with a plan. We need help. And they started looking around saying, what can we do? So they started looking to Egypt to help them. And they started making plans to go to Egypt. We're going to go to Egypt and we're going to, we're going to be taken care of there. I mean, they were facing real physical death. And they were just doing the best they could with what they come up with. In the middle of it, the Lord rebukes them. And he says, it is not going to work. And shame on you for not looking to me. And let me read this verse in Isaiah 30, 15. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Lord of the one of Israel says. Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. Get this. In quietness and confidence is your strength. Now, that's challenging. But boy, it's comforting. And for somebody here right now, I'm telling you, the Lord wants you to just be quiet and trust him. And watch him work. He's going to take care of you. You don't have to be smart enough to figure it out. He is. You don't have to be strong enough to make it through. He is. So let him. Let him. He expects you to do this. He actually commands you to do this. Stay on the ship. Be still and chill. Praise him because he's going to take care of you. And just watch him work. He's going to get you to your destination, even if it's on those broken pieces. Stay in the Lord. Amen. You're here this morning and some of you, I don't know where you're at. And you might be saying, man, I want to live for something that requires that kind of dedication. I want to live for somebody who requires that kind of, of a fight. Because you know what? God's designed us to fight. He's designed you to have a little attitude in you saying, man, I'm going to do this. Maybe you're hearing you say, I want, I want to live a life like that. I want to live a life for something and, 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 and for somebody that's worth my very best. I want to tell you, you can find that in Jesus Christ. And this morning, if you say, that's me, Pastor Kelly, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to live for something that's going to require my all. Raise your hand. If you'd say, man, that is totally me. Pastor Kelly, that's me. I want to give my life to something that's worth that. It starts with Jesus. Anything else you live for, it's not going to matter. It comes in second. And then, if you're here and you'd say, Pastor Kelly, I'm in a storm. I'm in a storm. Would you pray for me? Raise your hand. If you say, I'm in it. I can relate to what you're talking about. When it comes to talking about the depression, man, I, I, I get it. Whenever it, comes to, whenever it comes to talking about the storm that comes in that, that you didn't plan, man, I get that. And you're here and you say, Pastor Kelly, I'm in a storm because I made some decisions and and. Well, I'm in the storm, right? If that's you, raise your hand. Say, pray for me, Pastor Kelly. You betcha. You know, I hope you see my hands up. My hands up because, because I'm in the storm. You're not alone, friend. You know what's encouraging me? Neither am I. Let's pray this morning. Father God, I pray for every person here who has raised their hand saying, man, I'm going to put action to this. First, Lord, for those who are saying yes to you. Lord God, I pray, I pray 
that, Father, you would take this decision that they've made, that you would take this decision they've made to live for you because they feel you calling them, that they would chase after you with their whole heart. Lord, let this decision they're making show up in their actions as they walk from this service. And, Lord, I pray for those who are struggling right now, who are in the middle of a storm. I pray, God, that they would rise up in faith, that they would sit down and rest, that they wouldn't lean on their own abilities, they wouldn't try to figure it out and be smart enough, but, Lord, that they would begin to seek you and praise you and thank you for the faith that you give them that allows them to praise you in the midst of the storm. Lord, to you be all the praise, the glory, and the honor. You are strong enough, and we trust you. Thank you, God, for being good to us, even in the storm. Thank you for showing up powerfully in the storm. Lord, you're never going to take your eyes off your people. So today I pray that you would bless all these people of the grove, that you would bless every person here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for the opportunity, folks. And uh, God bless you guys. You guys are awesome. Awesome. Thanks, man.